0: Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com and today we have another round of questions from our anonymous Have A Question page. These are coming from July which actually catches us up. As always these questions come without any context other than what's provided and I typically have no way of reaching out other than answering through the blog and podcast. If you have comments, ideas, or solutions I didn't bring up, you're welcome to post them in the comment section of the blog post. There's a link in the show notes for the episode. Uh, if you disagree with something I said, you can also post that there. Now, on to the questions. Question one is a long one. Uh, it starts with, please excuse my rambling. I'm seeking guidance on proper boundaries and expectations for me and my wife to help effectively communicating my loving intentions slash finding peace in a difficult and complicated area of our relationship i feel inadequate in putting this into words but i will try to provide background on the issue at hand without meaning to i make my wife feel disrespected due to my wandering eyes despite my efforts to avert attention the issue has evolved over the years and in my mind has improved but it keeps coming up probably once per year on average i've been married for 12 years and each time it's a big conflict My main question is, how do I address her concerns, overcome what part of this habit is my responsibility, and rebuild trust in our relationship? I read that noticing others to varying degrees is shared amongst dangers and a natural occurrence. I feel psychologically my avoidance of noticing or or upon noticing my hypervigilance of such situations draws more attention to it in my mind and from my spouse. In other words, I believe that such cases come up which are both triggered regardless of how legitimate the threat is. Just based on their outfits, she has falsely accused me of wanting to look at people that honestly I don't find attractive, and this has caused me to be paranoid no matter the situation. I do not desire to give attention, but understand her perception and meaning she attaches to my glances is is enough to cause concern for both of us. I try explaining my crazed state of mind after such situations, but since she saw... She is positive she saw me look more than once. She accuses me of wanting to look and make justifications. She interprets my confusion and analysis as guilt. Based on the comments, I feel she is less focused on me successfully reacting and overcoming a given temptation and more focused and upset by me even experiencing such temptations, regardless of the successful outcome. She is very attractive to me, and despite this, I suspect but cannot prove she somehow feels insecure, and this feeds into the conflict, and there's a feedback loop. She is aware that in my youth and before marriage, I was addicted to porn. By God's grace, I was able to break free of this addiction and not bring it into our marriage. And I'm aware this objectifies women. It's my theory that all men have a natural scanning built in. But perhaps porn can amplify this feature and change how our brains work. For example, brains are rewired to survey a scene and pursue... Perceive human figures, but to the extreme, like Terminator's robotic vision, automatically highlighting and identifying things and people in the field of vision. I'm unsure if my mind is healed back to normal after a decade of leaving the addiction, but I assume men and women naturally, even without this molding of the brain, work in a similar way, but perhaps less amplified. Apart from analyzing my brain, I try to look at my heart as well while reflecting on this, and this is why I seek Christian feedback i'm aware of jesus teaching that a man who looks at a woman in lust has committed adultery in his heart and when i look in my heart i feel i am not guilty in this regard though my wife still feels disrespected whether or not lust is there and feels my glances are intentional and hurtful i believe in full fidelity and i have never desired to be sexual with anyone else in all the days of our marriage which is how i define lust i try to show respect in private and public always for example i always open doors for her and the way i speak to her but i know this is a different display and perception is reality regardless of whether her expectations are realistic or not she feels hurt and upon accusation makes me doubt myself each time though in most cases i don't feel i was losing a battle with temptation rather i was losing my ability to think clearly due to alarms going off As I'm sure this is the case with everyone, there are times when I want to sneak a look at something I should not, but that has not been the case for a while because one, I've wanted to work on this, and two, it's such a contentious topic there are times I've avoided such situations at all costs. At one point, whether alone or with my wife, I was avoiding any aisle at the store that I thought might have a human female in it, without even having a clue of their attractiveness. I realized how fanatical and unhealthy this was and worked my way to being more stable and seeking to observe my surroundings and make my attention neutral to any person or object, though some people naturally will call more attention, and I try not to dwell on it. I know God is always watching, and I've gained more peace when I'm alone and come across temptation. But more so in the presence of my wife, I am paranoid as I feel observed and judged because not only is there a temptation, there's a lack of trust and fear of failure that I don't get from God's observation, just my wife's. I feel God's grace and I hope to start feeling such a way of my wife. I often do feel her love and grace, but her feeling of lack of respect in these specific situations doesn't always allow her to give that grace and she says i see you looking at her and assumes she knows exactly what and why i have looked in a particular direction i've been to counseling on my own and she feels it's my problem to fix and has refused joint or couples counseling we can normally resolve our issues in our marriage but i'm fairly confident there is unresolved hurt on both sides from past conflicts as she shuts off the lines of communication on this and related emotionally charged topics so i don't think i have a solution to this but i do have some thoughts the first is that yes men tend to be more visual and they tend to be more easily tempted by the female form i agree that temptation is not a sin but i think just shrugging it off and saying well god made me this way isn't exactly acting in a godly manner either uh, we can train ourselves not to struggle with the temptation as much which it sounds like you've been doing so that's good dwelling on the thing you're tempted about now that goes beyond temptation now you're actively thinking about it that I think is when it becomes sin. But again, you said you've stopped, you've worked to stop doing that. It also seems that your wife might be very insecure about this. Many wives when they have husbands who have indulged in porn become very insecure. And this may be an acting out of that insecurity. I think what's also concerning to me is that your wife seems to take things as his or her problems, instead of our problems. The fact that she refuses to go to counseling with you is to me a big problem. Uh, The fact that you can't talk about it without getting into a fight, that's another issue. Uh, Those last two issues are challenging to solve because they can't be from one side of the marriage. You both have to want to improve to resolve those. Maybe your wife is willing to do something other than counseling. Counseling can be scary for many people. Uh, You could bring up coaching because coaching for many people is more about improving. Going from good to great rather than fixing a problem. Uh, Coaching can help with the communication struggles, help reframe the other issues, and build some accountability. Uh, You could also maybe find another couple that you both know and trust and like and feel are wise and see if maybe you can get their perspective on it. Sometimes bringing in uh, another person's viewpoint can help kind of mediate issues. Some of the other issues may need counseling or therapy, to be honest. But if she's not willing to go that's going to be hard so like i said i'm afraid i don't have a solution here um you really need both spouses together to work on this and if she's not willing to then that's a struggle that said i think you can work to be more confident and content with the growth you've experienced just because she doesn't acknowledge it doesn't mean you haven't grown as well just because she's hurt doesn't necessarily mean you've done something wrong there are times when you just have to respond with no that's not what's happening and then you move on. Uh, don't get upset. Don't start a fight. Just state what reality is and then let it go. All right. Question two starts with, hello, Jay. I wanted to ask for your take on an annually occurring conflict and what to do about it. Specifically, our marriage is healing and vastly improved, but I deeply hurt my wife years ago. When, and we faced it a couple years back about this time. It was necessary for healing to proceed, but it resulted in an open wound that she reacts to every year. She doesn't seem to be aware of why she is battling depression at the moment, only that it is a serious battle and sex is off the table. This happens every year now, and sex becomes nearly non-existent for one or two months. I think it stretched to three months last year. I'm all about her healing, and I do try to support her and be understanding. I don't want to be selfish, but I really struggle during these times, and the year... This year is coming on top of a month of little sex due to long slash close together periods and hurt traveling. So I'm facing the possibility of little to no sex for a third of this year. I am the cause of the hurt. I own that. But the damage was done years ago at this point, and a lack of sexual fulfillment was a key problem on my bad decision then. Am I just being selfish here? Our marriage counselor seems to think so, but I feel I have a legitimate problem in this point. I tried to discuss the problem, but anything that might suggest that she is obligated in any way is labeled as psychological abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, or some combination of these. Since she can't be obligated in any way, I pretty much have no recourse but to suck it up and deal with it. And when I say deal with it, I don't mean what some others might think I mean. Uh, like you, she views any form of sexual vi- activity that doesn't involve directly involve her as cheating, which takes self-help off the table. Since she's not open to anything sexual, that means I have nothing at all until she feels like doing a massive favor to ease my misery. There is no such thing as a quickie for my comfort or sanity in our marriage. It's both of us get the full experience or nothing. I would have zero problem with that if she shared my drive, but as you know, that is beyond rare and not even close to true of us. I truly do understand that my culpability in the situation and accept it. I also truly want there to be Wanting to be there for her and help her heal. I'm just losing my mind here and feeling very much rejected and unloved, aching in limbo. So when there is sexual betrayal in the marriage, there's an option. You stay or you leave. Uh, I'm assuming that's what's going on. I don't know because you really didn't give us a lot of information there. Um, But in those situations, if you leave, then there will still be the pain of the severed relationship, but you're out. You owe them nothing anymore. You have no responsibility or duty to them. If you stay, then you've chosen to stay, and you've decided to forgive and heal. And that doesn't mean it's easy, and it doesn't mean the relationship is immediately fixed, but there's an expectation that you will not hold it over your spouse's head for the rest of their lives. If the thing that happened isn't adultery of some kind, then the same attitude should prevail. Forgive and learn to heal and move forward if you're going to stay. That said, this has been going on for many years, so I see three possible situations. Number one is you need to find a new therapist. If after years they haven't even moved beyond the point that every year, presumably on the anniversary of the event, uh, she falls apart to the point that she can't have sex with you anymore, and uh, there's been no improvement at all, then I'd say get a new therapist immediately. Scenario two is your wife is irrevocably broken. Uh, The therapist may be good, but your wife is beyond fixing with talk therapy. If this is the case, then whatever you did is likely not the sole cause of it. It was more than likely just a straw that broke the camel's back or a catalyst or a random trigger. If this is the case, then this is your new normal. She loves you the best that she can, and you should do the same. Uh, Number three is that your wife has not forgiven you. She's holding back onto the pain for some reason and if this is the case that's not okay i would seek a pastor more than a therapist because this is a salvation issue more than a mental or even relational issue Uh, and i'm referencing matthew 6, 6 verse 15 there in fact i'd argue that what she's doing is likely no better than whatever you've done whatever that is uh we don't fight sin with sin in christianity we fight it with love and that goes for you as well So I'd discuss it with her and ask her which of the three she thinks it is and what you should do about it together. But this hinges on the fact that there's been no improvement in years. If your wife had been healing and growing and things have been improving, then the plain fact is that you broke the relationship and it will take time to heal. But if there's zero healing happening, then that's not the issue. Question three is, my wife and I aren't in sync when it comes to foreplay. Is there a way to change this? For some reason, it takes my wife a while to, quote, be ready for sex. It doesn't include flirting and touching or other types of affection during the day. When we are going to have sex, my wife has to focus when I pleasure her before intercourse. She will often close her eyes and be silent, not moving for 30 minutes or more while I rub her clitoris and or vagina. Sometimes we use toys, but it takes the same amount of time for her to be ready for intercourse. During this time, I am focused on making her feel good and ready, but in the meantime, I lose my erection. Then when she is ready, I try to get erect again, but get stressed out and can't perform because of this. She doesn't know what to do, and everything we have tried hasn't worked. She's not interested in oral sex, and I think that would help me get an erection again, and her attempts at other things don't have an effect at all. This has happened for years. I am able to get an erection, and my doctor doesn't think it's ED. He thinks it's more likely due to the stress of trying to get an erection. I'm starting counseling this week, and we'll see if there could be a psychological issue on my part. My wife has not gone to the doctor to see if something physical might be causing her ability. I have asked her repeatedly repeatedly to go see a doctor for this and other health concerns. She thinks it could be due to damage or destroyed nerves during the birth of a 10-pound, 1-ounce kid 19 years ago. She also thinks it could be due to our two years of infertility where sex was a task to complete, not a way of show affection and intimacy. She's also not interested in going to a counselor with me or on her own to discuss it or other marriage problems. Is there something I can do to help us get in sync so that we can both be ready at the same time? Is there anything she can do? Is there anything we can do together? It's important to me that she's aroused and wants sex. I want to please her and don't want it just to be about my pleasure. So, first, it's not unusual for women to have difficulty switching gears to get ready for sex. But this sounds like she's disassociating during the foreplay. She's not having foreplay with you, she's blocking you out and retreating from the entire situation or into fantasy. Uh, Depending on which this is, this gets dealt with differently. If your wife is retreating from sex, then there are likely some harmful teachings about in her past or abuse or unhealthy thoughts or beliefs about sex. You know, something is going on in her mind to say, you know, to make her want to disconnect from this. Uh, if she's retreating into fantasy, then that's a habit that needs to be redirected and she needs to learn to reintegrate her sex life into reality. Uh, some foreplay that is more interactive and engages her mind, not just her body would probably help. Um, things like games you can play together. We've got a couple in our shop. Um, uh, dirty talking. I have a guide to that in my shop as well. You know, things like that, something that engages her mind, uh, is between you two so it's interactive and that would probably likely get you both going and interested that is if she's willing to and not just disconnecting and can't get past that as for your ED I agree with your doctor 30 minutes is a long time to maintain a re- an erection without an engaged partner there's no way I could keep on that long with a spouse who was starfishing all right question number four starts hey Jay, my wife and i have been married for almost five years after using birth control pills for a couple years we found a tumor caused by birth control so we had to switch to using family planning Uh, we use family planning through an app called natural cycles it gives us red days where we aren't supposed to have unprotected sex and green days where we can have sex unfortunately her period is also in the typical two week time frame of green days Uh, We avoid sex altogether on the red days since my wife is worried that we might get pregnant if we have protected sex. From January to July, there may have only been about six green weeks. This makes it hard to initiate sex because it feels like I have a time window. And normally that window somehow always falls on a trip to see family or the period is early, etc. I want to initiate more, but I don't want to pressure her to feel like she must have sex on red days. My wife is amazing and generally open to doing sexual things. Oral sex is our red day go-to, but I don't want to do oral 80% of the year. Is there any advice you can give on the things we can try to spice it up? We love your sex exploration list and the podcast. It's super fun to listen together and come up with how we would handle the situation. Thanks for your advice, Caleb. So while reading this question, I was going to say, yeah, this exploration list. I mean, many things in there will not result in pregnancy. Uh, it sounds like you have to expand your definition of sex and dedicate some time to f- finding other ways to have fun that don't require penis and vagina sex. Uh, I'd go through it again and be on the lookout for those things in particular. Also, I'm curious if there's a reason not to use condoms. Like you said, the red days are when you should be using protection if you don't want to get pregnant, so use it. Lastly, maybe learn a bit more about cycles and periods because it shouldn't be surprising or confusing as to why her period is in the green zone. Um, but yeah, really the sex exploration list is literally a list of every sex act I could think of or find. If someone thinks of one that's not in there, let me know by email or in the comments and I will add it. So I would say just go through the list again and actively look for them. Question number five is curious about oral sex. What would be the norm regarding the frequency of it in marriages? We are pretty normal with two to three times a week on sex while having three very young children. But oral sex has never been a huge part of our intimacy. It happens sometimes, though when I give him a blowjob, it's mostly as foreplay. Is this something most couples engage in each time they're intimate as foreplay or occasionally until orgasm? It's rarely even on my mind as an option when we're in the middle of being intimate with each other. We both find it pretty physically strenuous to perform on each other. That brings me to the next question. Do the wives who are subscribed feel oral sex gets easier with time? It hurts my jaw and muscles a lot. Is this something that will never go away, or would it get better if I did it more often? I like the idea of doing it, but I feel like a bit of a wimp. He doesn't want me to finish him that way, so that makes it easier for me not to have to do it for as long as I would otherwise. But sometimes I can tell he's really enjoying it and don't want to cut it short due to me getting exhausted. My husband also struggles with hanging in there. He's pretty much always hung in there until I finish on the occasions that he's done it. But I recently had a hard time finishing that way and told him he can just use oral as foreplay if he wants so he doesn't have to feel so much pressure and get exhausted if I'm not able to finish quickly. It all just makes me wonder if it's just us or do other couples feel this way and how does it affect how one or both partners do oral? So we did an oral sex survey a while back uh, The links are in the show notes and we did another one on orgasming from oral sex. I'll put the links in the show notes for that as well. Uh, I think a lot of the questions in there might give you more context and answer some of the questions that you have. As for jaw and muscle pain, it varies. Some don't get it at all. Some feel that it didn't ever improve. Um, One of our supporters gives his wife uh, head slash neck slash jaw massages before oral sex, saying it helps a lot. I know others uh, feel that more practice yields stronger muscles and more flexibility. Question six is, hi, JD. My husband and I have been married for many years and he doesn't remember our exact anniversary date. No, he doesn't have dementia. We have an argument about this a year ago, so you'd think he'd make a point of remembering it, if only to avoid another argument. But today I asked him, and he was guessing. He was one day off, and yet he didn't seem embarrassed. This hurt my feelings. He doesn't make a point of remembering his sister's exact birthday either, but our anniversary is a bit more important. However, he does make a big deal of our anniversary every year. He buys me gifts, and we've gone on many memorable trips to celebrate. Am I overreacting to be hurt by his lack of effort at remembering our anniversary date? Thank you so much in advance for answering my question. Yes, you are 100% overreacting. You're focusing on the trivialities rather than the relationship. Uh, Please don't ruin a good thing when... You have it by being nitpicky. I mean, the fact that he makes a big deal about it every year, frankly, what does it matter if he's off by a day when you ask him? Yeah, I think you're focusing on the wrong thing here. Moving on to question seven. My period is about six days late, and I had sex for the first time a few days after my period. He only put it in a couple times before putting a condom on. Should I be worried that I'm pregnant? Should you be worried? No. Children are amazing. They destroy your life in the best way possible. But I would get a pregnancy test if you're anxious about it. Uh, pre-ejaculate can contain semen after all. Now, if you aren't married yet, well, you should probably get married or stop doing the thing that will likely eventually result in children. All right, question Nate is, we've been married for 20-plus years. We have kids that are in elementary to high school aged. I grew up in a divorced home. My mom got remarried in my teen years. I was woken by sounds I still cannot explain of them having sex. My in-laws are still married. Uh, They are quite open. They are still very active. In our early years of marriage, we spent the night in their home. At breakfast, they asked us if they kept us up last night. His siblings down to preschool were at the table. They used our wedding night as a good time to explain sex to tween siblings. Recently, they apologized to us, including teen. They did not put away my father-in-law's enhancement drug when we visited. They could have just not said anything. How do you handle privacy when talking about your implied intimate sex, intimate life with kids, with other adults? Uh, a few weekends ago, my husband and I went to a concert and stayed the night, night at a hotel away from the kids. It was amazing and much needed. Our teen made reference to knowing there would, we would be enjoying some adult time. Our kid found out that there was a hot tub in our room. Our kid, our teen, made a grossed out face at us. My response was times like this, times like this between mom and dad bring stability to our home and their lives. Our elementary age kids asked what we would do when all of them left 10 plus years from now. My husband's response was to probably rock around the house with, with no clothes on. It will probably be true, but it made me a little uncomfortable. I, is no, I am known as a prude to the many of the moms in my mom group. I do not want to know about the specific stuff you did behind closed doors. If you want to talk about generalization, fine by me. For example, last night we tried this toy we loved versus my husband and I enjoy this toy. How do you handle this situation? Thanks. Uh, me personally, I'm okay with details so long as it's for educational purposes to an appropriate audience. For example, if I'm doing marriage coaching and they're talking about something that went wrong, then details are sometimes helpful depending on what we're talking about. Uh, but I don't share details to titillate or turn someone on, other than my wife. I don't discuss sex frivolously either. Occasionally, uh, I get people who email or DM me on platforms who seem to think that I do. Some will literally open with, so did you have sex last night? And I am utterly uninterested in those types of conversations. Uh, but I'll also not shy why I'll shy away from talking about sex in general. Uh, I think we need to be more comfortable talking about sex in Christianity, but it's a topic that should be given due respect. Uh, Your response to your teenager, I think, was entirely appropriate. I saw nothing wrong with your husband's response either. I'd likely say something similar. I try to keep uh, the topic of sex kind of light and not so heavy because, well, then your kids will actually talk to you about it, which is ultimately what you want. As for your in-laws that does seem over the top to me, but it's hard to control what your parents say and do. You can ask them to tone it down or choose not to go there anymore, but that's about it. It's their house, their rules. Ultimately, you can go and accept them or not go. Question nine simply asked, what are the 10 most common fantasies for couples? And I have no idea. That's not a topic that comes up frequently. Some in the forum shared theirs, but there wasn't a consensus. Also, What do you mean for couples? Men and women tend to have different kinds of fantasies. Uh, But along the lines of the question above, why are you asking? I think that's the important question. This question seems designed to get a titillating answer rather than an educational one. So I'm not really interested in answering it. Now, if you have a fantasy that you're worried about and would like someone to bounce the idea off to see if it's something you should be entertaining, feel free to email me and I can help you think through that. So, question 10 is, I am 32, my husband is 36, and we've been married for 11 years. In the first eight years of our marriage, we only had sex about twice a month, with him initiating most of the time. I was, slash am, a stay-at-home mom, so twice a month was enough for me considering I was tired and taking care of five kids. Since turning 30, I have noticed a huge increase in my sex drive. Life has also become easier now that our youngest is four. If it we're up to me, we'd have sex every day or every other day. My husband would only like to have sex once or twice a week. If I mention sex at all in any capacity, he becomes distant. He admitted that he does it out of fear that I will try to initiate sex. This means I can't even send a sexy text. We have a sex pill that I've used once and a sex game we've never played. I asked for him to bring one with him whenever he is in the mood for sex because I won't be able to handle the rejection if I try to incorporate them myself. I've asked why he hasn't ever tried to play the game or use the pillow, and he says he forgets about them. He obviously does not find either of these ideas exciting, or he wouldn't forget about them, right? Uh, I feel so upset and just plain ugly now. Thanks for any advice. So the typical causes of men having low Lower drive are testosterone levels. Uh, Your sex drive relies on this, so get that checked by a doctor. Uh, Medication, especially meds for depression and ADHD, can kill your sex drive. You can try some other meds. Uh, Talk to your doctor about that as well. Not all have the same side effects. Um, Some people react differently to different meds. Number three is an avoidant attachment style. Basically, they're afraid of getting close to someone because they grew up not being able to trust that close relationship uh, won't hurt or abandon them, and this needs a therapist to talk to. Uh, Depression or anxiety, these can kill your sex drive as well. Also, I would refer you to a therapist. Um, Bad teachings or theology, somehow maybe he gained a belief that sex is dirty, harmful, sinful, misogynistic, or something else that makes it dangerous, or undesirable. Um, I could talk to him about those if he's willing. And lastly is a relationship issue, which is not that common, and you'd probably know about it. Uh, Relationship issues are relatively common, but it's rare to have them so bad that the husband is withdrawing to this extent. Um, And I get that you feel upset and ugly because he's not initiating, but I have... But I think I've only once or twice in the 10 years or something that I've been running this blog and podcast come across a man who said, "No, I don't have want to have sex with my wife because she's not attractive." And it's usually because they've become morbidly obese. That is about the only reason. Uh it that is extremely rare, so I I doubt it's that. Um, But I don't have enough to go on from the above to offer a guess at which one of these it is. Uh, I'd start with getting his testosterone checked. That's pretty easy if you can convince him to go. That's often the hard part. Uh, But then every one of these can be challenging to get men to participate in resolving. The point is, this is likely not about you and more about him. And the last one is question 11. Uh, Do you have any suggestions for maintaining intimacy over periods? We only have sex about once a week, and depending on when her period hits, it can be a two-week gap over that time. She feels too gross for vaginal sex, and oral is not an option for her. As one of our supporters said in our forum, uh, it seems like intimacy is being conflated with sex. Uh, I mean, if you're wanting to maintain intimacy over periods, you can do many things. Go for walks, talk, play a board game, read a book together, watch a movie, go bowling. You know, There are endless options. If you mean sex, then you still have some options, like manual, mu- mutual masturbation, anal sex, and more. Um, like I said in the previous uh, question, uh, you can check out our sex exploration list. It has a bunch of things that you can do. Uh, one suggestion in our forum was that shower sex might help her with the quote-unquote gross feeling. Um, but I would probably suggest increasing the frequency. Uh, we tried to sneak one in one last session before the period starts and another right after it to minimize the gap. But even if we don't, um, yeah, if you're only having sex once a week, then... You're at risk for a big gap there. I would try maybe increasing that. Also, we did a survey about sex and periods. Uh, I, there's a link to it in the show notes as well. And those are all the questions. As always, if you have a question of your own, you can submit it on our Have a Question page. If you'd like to participate in discussing them as they come in, you can become a supporter and gain access to the forum. All $5 a month supporters in August and September also get free access to our sex exploration list but if you join the forum you can join the forum for as little as a dollar a month which gets you access to the questions as they come in sneak peeks at upcoming posts and an amazing community of christians who are generally kind and caring and doing their best to have great marriages and help each other grow if that sounds like something you want to be a part of come check it out for a month there's no pressure to stay if you don't like it that's it for today talk to you next time